everyone. Welcome to the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany, and we have a returning guest this episode. Hello, hello. This is Naomi here. Boom, there you go. <laughs> so on this episode, we're going to be talking about the most recent like video game movies. We're going to be talking about some uh, DC movies, some mm-hmm. Marvel movies. And we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 8. Yes. So... First things first. Let's dive right into it. What are your thoughts on Mortal Kombat? Well, Mortal Kombat. I know, right? I'm sorry. I just um, I think I, I mean, my expectations were already high because of the movie in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's gonna be a little bit like that. I mean, it was. It was exactly the same. However, I mean, what's his name? Chung. What's his name? Um, Chung Lee. What's his name? The 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 other guy, the guy that I didn't like. Are you talking about? Uh, are you talking about Cole Young? Or are you talking about? Uh, what's that dude's name? I can't think of his it, name. It's not Kung Lao. No. What's that dude's name? Liu Kang. Yeah, <laughs> Liu Kang. I was expecting him to be a little bit more bulkier. Um. I just did not like him. I didn't. I did not. I was very happy that they changed Sub-Zero's, you know, cosplay costume. Mm-hmm. I was very happy about that. Um, his costume was a little bit more in-depth. I did like that. And I also liked that they told a little bit of a backstory of why Sub-Zero and Scorpion did not like each other. Right. Because you didn't really get that in the first one and exactly. in the sequel. I think, what was it, the first one or the sequel? Either one. They, I don't think they, they did the sequel. The second one talked about more so Johnny Cage, not Johnny Cage, um, Sonya Blade mm-hmm. and uh, Jax. Yeah. They talked about their relationship and how he became, how he actually became who he was and got his arms and everything. Right. They talked more about that, but not about Scorpion. And they actually have a YouTube series, and they also go more in-depth about Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Right. So, I don't know if you've seen that before. No? Mm-mm. Okay. So, overall, I liked it. And mm-hmm. like you said, they really did delve into the history of Sub-Zero and Scorpion a lot more than they did in the movie. Because I think there was one aspect where Sub-Zero's brother makes an appearance, mm-hmm. but then he's never seen throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, there's that. But I like the little adage of that. I liked um, the action. Um, I liked the difference being with Jax, how they just had... Oh, also... Before we uh, continue, uh, this episode is just going to be filled with spoilers. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So, one thing I liked was how in the the original movies in the 90s, in the Mm mid-90s, how Jax's arms were just like, he just had like his arms and sleeves. Mm -hmm. And you can just rip them off. Whereas this one, this one was just like, his arms got frozen off. Yeah. And then you just, so he had like was connected to this, like, biomechanical, like, type of weaponry that was gonna release, was gonna, like, form once he, like, developed his arcana. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, there was only one aspect of this movie I didn't like. I didn't like Cole Young's character. Are you? 
kidding me? No, I really did not Why? love He was so annoying. Like, really, like, maybe it's because I'm so used to seeing the whole stereotypical, like, oh, I got to do this for my family. Like, he just seemed like an aspect of it. Like, he's just there for the movie's sake. I mean, yeah, yeah I get it. He's supposed to be that, like... He's supposed to be the reason why Scorpion gets reintroduced and everything. I get all that, but still, like, come on now. I didn't really care too much for his character, to be honest with you. I liked him. I liked it. And I also liked, um, I was very, well, I can't say I was sad, but, um, I was sad when, um, when what's his name died. Kung Lao? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of sucked. That did suck, because I was like, man, you are whipping so much ass right now. Right. And then you just died. I mean, and then the, and then that last kill he got, I mean, when homegirl went through that hey, uh, hat, that was badass. I'm not going to lie. He, he did get some licks in, because in the first movie, he just, just died in the beginning of the movie, and it was just that whole revenge thing. Right. That circled around Mortal Kombat. Right. So that's why I felt like this Mortal Kombat that came out. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I did like that they had a little bit more fighting, right, in it. So I I will give them that. I hope it's a sequel. I mean, of course, because they've already hinted that they're gonna try and get like Luke Cage, mm-hmm. not Luke Cage, uh, Johnny, Johnny Cage. Cage. My bad. Yeah, it's a lot of cages <laughs> in the media I watch. Um, but yeah, and then another aspect that a lot of people like raised or like asked questions about was like, why introduce Melina if you weren't going to introduce Katana? Because Melina's the evil clone of Katana. Yeah, you know, I never th- thought about that. Yeah, because it's like, if you're going to have one, have the other. Like, they did show yeah. her in the original movie, but. And not a lot of people know about their rivalry either. Exactly. So yeah, I I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's it's very weird. Yeah. So it's like, are we just not gonna get Katana in the sequel? I don't think so. I mean, you can't have Katana now in the sequel because you already killed Lena already. Right, and then it just becomes this thing of like. So what they could do? This is like an aspect they could do. They could do like, oh, like didn't we see you before when you were working with like, uh, what is it, Shang Tsung? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'll be like, no. And then she'll be like, no, that was my evil twin, blah, blah, blah. Or whatever. But you can tell the difference between them two, though. Exactly, because of the mouth yeah. and everything. But, you know, I don't know. I I hope they figure that out. Because that's going to be a little bit difficult to pull off without Katana in it. Right. Because she was also a main character in the previous Mortal Kombat. She's like one of the... I mean, aside from, like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, she's one of, like, the main characters in the whole storyline. Especially in the later games with, like, the the relationship with her mother. But then, like, the whole thing with, like... I mean, Katana, they, I mean... Katana really... Her mom really just pushed her out there, to be honest. Yeah. But Melina, I think she was pretty much striving for that tension mm-hmm. if you ask me getting out of the shadow yeah. and every, everything excuse yeah. me so I think that I wish Melina didn't die mm-hmm. that would have been a good story also the second one or just have them as a backstory. right um, but the way they are making it for the second one it just seems like they're just going to go out there and try and recruit uh, Johnny Cage mm-hmm. and then that leaves that open 
Yeah, the, but then I'm thinking, who else are you really going to have in Mortal Kombat? But then you also have to understand people who don't know Mortal Kombat like that. Right, because I'll be one to say this. My introduction is the video games, but when it came to the video games coming out, me and my brothers were more into Tekken mm-hmm. than we were like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I was the complete opposite. I mean, it's there. It's kind of like how I think with like when it comes to like anime and Americans, mm-hmm. it's either Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, or Naruto. So it's either yeah. one of those main three. But I digress. And speaking of like them going after like Johnny Cage, it just totally dawned on me. Have you seen like the new Power Rangers movie that came out like in twenty seventeen? Yeah. Okay. So. They decided to... What did, First off, what did you think about it? It wasn't bad. Okay. I did not have a high expectations for that, but it did. It was pretty good. Okay. So, I liked it. I mm-hmm. really did. My only biggest thing was the way they did Goldar. Because if you remember, Goldar was just one of the henchmen for yeah. Rita Repulsa. He was just the lion's head and the gold. And then they just made it seem like, oh... They totally retconned her backstory as like, oh, she's not this ancient evil. She was like, oh, she's a former Power Ranger that went yeah. rogue. Uh, Goldar is not one of her henchmen. He's like this ancient mythical dis- form of destru- destruction or mm-hmm. whatever. But the thing that really disappointed me was the fact that, one, they're not going to redo it, so there's not going to be a sequel. They're going to Yeah, and they're going to recast everyone. Which is good. I mean, I didn't mind the Power Rangers. I did not mind it, and I also did not mind the people that played them. Right. Because I feel like certain people have to play certain roles, in my opinion. You just can't get anybody to play roles like that. Right. Can they keep up? Because Power Rangers, they were more um, acrobatic. Acrobatic, yeah. yeah. They were more that you have to have somebody who's in that, not feel, but at least a little Some flexible. Some type of physical. Yeah, right. physical um, awareness with that. So I'm, I'm happy that they're doing that with that. The thing I didn't, the thing that really like kind of made me angry till this day was the fact you're not gonna see they were hinting at the sequel by the end and mm-hmm. you're not gonna see Tommy Oliver cause remember the teacher was like Tommy Tommy Oliver and then oh. it's just like they're not gonna do it they're not gonna do it and I'm like you you, you bastards how dare you take this from me it wasn't that bad of a movie it wasn't it really wasn't so I don't understand the hate but. and then honestly I felt like they properly just put everything together how they got their powers and everything else it may not have been a hundred percent true of it but i feel like the movie overall was well explained right well detailed they didn't overdo it right and they executed it perfectly in my opinion exactly so I don't see why they should bring that director and the producers and everyone who worked on the movie redo it all over again. Not over again, but at least do a sequel. A sequel. Right. And then I like the little adage of Anna Johnson mm-hmm. and Jason David Frank. That was a pretty that, good. That, that was, brought that me was to good. tears. I was like, that was good. Because you know what they could do with that? They could do like in the few, in the sequel. My thought process was, oh, we're gonna introduce Tommy Oliver, and then it's just gonna be like Tommy Oliver Jr. or whatever, mm-hmm. or something like that, along those lines. It would be, it would be, be pretty good. fucking cool, in my opinion. Alright, so moving on from, like, that adage of Power Rangers and Mortal Kombat, we're going to go into the Zack Snyder 
Justice League cut. Oh yeah. I gotta say, and I said this Four before. Four hours and two minutes. Right. I said this to you. I said this to Jason. The 2017 Justice League was what fans wanted. The Zack Snyder cut Justice League was what fans needed. Mm-hmm. Because my God, is it ten times better? Exactly. It's ten times better. Superman didn't have that edit around his mouth that made him look weird. Right. Um, you get a dive into the complete backstory of Cyborg and his relationship with his dad. And you find out exactly what happened um, to him and why he became Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And you actually realize that Cyborg was the reason why everyone survived. Exactly. He plays a whole bigger part. A, in a whole bigger part. And you did not know that in the um, 2017 you no. really thought it was like a group effort. And to be honest, without the knowledge of Cyborg and his powers that he has, he pretty much saved everybody with the help of Flash. Yes, yes. Which also dives into the which dives into the Flashpoint Paradox movie they should mm-hmm. be coming out mm-hmm. with soon. So, as you know, I was very hesitant because, like, at first... I thought, because I heard from Jason, like, I thought this was going to be, like, uh, I thought they were going to, like, split it up into episodes. I thought this was going to be a TV series. It turns out, it turns out it's just a whole four-hour movie. And I will admit, like, as soon as you mentioned, or, like, as soon as I found out, it's four hours. I'm like, God damn, this is a work shift. Yeah. So I finally just, you know, said screw it. I sat down, I watched it, and man. It did not seem like four hours. It really did. No. It really didn't. Because once you get to, like, episode four, it's like, wow, there's only, like, an hour left yeah. in this movie? What have I been... I went and got snacks. I paused it a couple of times. And it's like, man, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I finally saw it, I ended up watching a YouTube video which showed its major key differences. Mm-hmm. And, my God, one dude ended up, like, talking about the 135, like, major differences, such as, like, some scenes that got left out, some scenes that were added in, some Easter eggs that were added in, Mm -hmm. uh, the the music differences, the shots, like, the way he shot it in, like, the 4 to 3 ratio rather than the full screen, um, the color aspect was totally different and Mm -hmm. gave it its dark, grittier edge that you expect from a DC movie. Yeah. Because I felt like it was writing, um... The uh, the 2017 one was kind of riding the coattails of, like, the previous Marvel movies that have come out. But even then, Marvel's movies weren't that, like, the as- like the aspect, like, one of the scenes that got cut out was, like, the scene where Flash ended up on top of Wonder Woman. And mm-hmm. he was, like, sort of uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. There's no scene with that random family in Russia. No. Outside of Chernobyl. That there's, there's not that. The st- scene where Wonder Woman is saving all those people. That scene got extended. Like. And then that scene when um, they're in that laboratory. And then. His dad dies. Mm-hmm. That scene was taken out. Right. Which broke my heart. Oh my god, man. Like that, that, that was right. And then like just and then the overall aspect of like Cyborg's character, he wasn't this brooding, like angry 
teenager who just had his whole future ripped away from him. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, he was brooding, but it just didn't seem like, oh, You this didn't is- understand it, in my opinion. You right. were just seeing him as this bitter person who was just angry all the time. Right. And you don't know why. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to join up these people. And then that random booyah. Like, they took the booyah out. Which pissed me off. Cause that I is- didn't mind it. Why not? Because that version was a was the jokey happier version that part i felt like was a was just service to fans it was fan service i mean like yes i was expecting it yes could have it stayed maybe i mean like okay if i'm gonna just be if i'm gonna rationalize it, it it didn't matter if it was there or not i will agree with that however it would have been nice if it was. It would have just satisfied me if it was. Which is fair. That's fair. So, that's my that's my take on it. Right. And another major upgrade, Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. My god, was that an upgrade? Cuz if you saw if you saw the 2017 Steppenwolf, it was weird, it was clunky, and then you see this new Steppenwolf and he's a threat like he looks like a threat. The armor, the the mm-hmm. scene where the where the Amazonian or Amazonians 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 were like shooting arrows at him, and then mm-hmm. he did that flex, and them arrows broke off. I'm like, man, now that is the stepping wolf we needed. Plus, I like the extra benefit of having Dark Side involved because in the original, you you they talked about it, but once. You- didn't really get the full effect exactly you you just hear it once and that's it and now in this one it's like oh i need to get back in his good graces i need to do everything i can to get back into his court and then next thing you know he tries everything they get the mother boxes next thing you know home dude ends up losing the horn and then he gets his head chopped off and sent to uh dark side which was badass I also like the fact that they decided to go with Superman's black suit rather than his, like, original red mm-hmm. and blue suit. I remember there was, like, some mention of that. Like, that's the suit he wore when he was, like, resurrected or he came yes, back to was. life in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, I like that little adage. So, yeah. that was pretty cool. I think he looks nice in that black suit anyway, if yeah. you ask me. I mean, it does look yeah. better. Yeah, does. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's like it, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I really enjoyed it, and I liked the aspect of like having like the Amazonians be more involved in it. I really loved the scene of like when Darkseid came to Earth first. Like he came there the first yeah. time, and then you had the All Atlanteans, the yeah. the, um, the Amazonians, and Man coming together, and then the little nod of Ares. Yeah, that was pretty cool. All and the having gods, them, yeah. yeah, and the Green Lanterns, yep. and like having all of them to come together to defeat like Dark Side was really, really good. I I really like that they extended that one too. Yeah, I love that movie. I I took my time and rewatched that movie because I just felt like it was so much stuff. Well, a lot of stuff. I'm not gonna say it's a lot that was missing mm-hmm. in that, and I felt like it broke it down. It broke it down. In each character's aspect, you understood how Aquaman felt in it, and then you understood how Lois Lane played a part. Right. Which I didn't get because it did, not Superman, um, Batman did say that mm-hmm. um, in both the movies, but at that time I didn't realize what he was talking about. Right. But I thought it was more so like if something were to happen to her when they were fighting, um, what's that, that other monster? When Superman died? 
what's that thing? Uh, 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 Doomsday? Yeah. I thought he was talking more so about Doomsday mm-hmm. than the actual, um, the future mm-hmm. or whatever that could possibly happen with that. Right. So I'm kind of happy they broke that down. So how did you feel about the ending of the movie? Are we talking about the Joker's appearance? Yes. So, I feel like with that ending, it does... So, you heard that they're going to make an Injustice Gods Among Us movie, right? So, I feel as though with that ending, that ties into that movie. Because have you read the Injustice Gods Among Us comics? No, I have not. But you know of the video games. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I feel as though... The video games came first, I believe. And oh, so then they, that's what he was talking about? That's what that is tied... So, okay. the whole... You know the timeline with the Injustice Gods Among Us gives you this alternate reality that the Joker ended up causing Superman to kill Lois Lane. So, Lo- so Superman took it upon himself to... Police, because he lost Lois in such a fashion, he took it upon himself to become the law for everyone around the world. Mm-hmm. Like, he instilled a fear in people that if you don't follow my rules and you don't do good, that I'm just going to kill you. And then that's where that dystopian world came in. That's where those little hints are. So that's what my idea is. And I hope they go in that direction because that would be totally amazing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But um, what was your original question? No, I was asking your your thoughts about it. I enjoyed it. I feel as though that was a big, 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 like Easter, not Easter, but a big surprise to have Jared Leto come back as the Joker. I really enjoyed it. I enjoy him as the Joker. I do too. I, I, I don't understand what people, I have heard people talk about Jerry Leto. He was okay, but they really didn't like him as the Joker. I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't Even either. Even Suicide Squad, I thought he was awesome. Right. I wish he would have had more screen time. So speaking of Suicide Squad, have you heard like this word of like release the air cut? No. So I think this dude's name is David Air. The director of Suicide Squad, he had a totally reworked version of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, his version was kind of going to be, I believe, similar to like Zack Snyder's version um, in a way, but it just it, it seemed like a more serious tone. But because of the studios and how Deadpool 2 came out and how Deadpool was doing so well, they decided to make it a little bit goofier rather than, like, have it a serious touch. So, with the success of Release the Snyder Cut, they're trying to have a Release the Air Cut, Mm -hmm. which is his original version of Suicide Squad, which I'd be interested to see. Yeah. Because I think it'll... I think it flows better because, I don't know about you, but Zack Snyder's version of DC... Mm-hmm. It's so much more like concise. It's it's realistic. It's it's true to the comics, and mm-hmm. it's a lot more grittier. And it it blends well with DC's tone, in my opinion. Yeah. Rather than them trying to, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be like Marvel, and we're gonna be the colors are gonna pop. You're gonna love these characters. It's like no, just do your own thing. Just be in your own lane. Yeah. So I really did enjoy that aspect of it. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. It's still a little bit weird seeing Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, but I do enjoy it. He does I, bring a flair to it. Yeah, because he's smart, but he's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he brings that. Yes, he's weird. Right, Lex Luthor is weird, but right. he's 
freaking smart mm-hmm. and he plays chess not checkers right so that's his mindset of everything i didn't i did i like didn't him. mind him no i did not and then i really like um joe maganello coming back as deathstroke like yeah. i really now that's another scene they changed um because i remember in the original one they were hinting at the legion of doom mm-hmm. but in this one it's like he's telling him hey you want to get to batman go for bruce wayne Mm-hmm. I really like that. That was a very good aspect. And then the ending, the ending was good. I also like how they, I like how they tied in that Harry Lennox was a Martian Manhunter. I was just about to say that I like how they introduced Martian Man. <laughs> that was, that was dope. I loved it. It was like, it's confirmed. Harry Lennox, who is the best person you can get to play Martian mm-hmm. Manhunter. The guy's got the voice. He's got the look. I'm for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. And then that that totally blew me. That that sort of just was like, man, I I like popped when I saw him, and and he was like outside like Lois's like house, and I'm like, oh my god, they got <laughs> it's true, it's confirmed, <laughs> it's confirmed. Oh my god, my little geeky heart just was like, yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, if you haven't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I highly recommend. Also, I just wanted to get into like two small things. I really loved how when you get to the end, he put for Autumn for his daughter. And I did not know that. Yeah. So if those of you who don't know, once you get to the end of the movie, it says for Autumn. Autumn is Autumn Snyder, Zack Snyder's daughter, who committed suicide during when he was filming the movie and... Um, that's the reason why he couldn't stay on to yeah. direct it. So, and I liked how remember when he went to go pick up uh, the Flash, yeah. and there's that billboard that says "You are not alone." I think mm-hmm. it was for the suicide help hotline. So I like how he snuck that in there. That's so, okay. so that was very touching and that was very lovely because you see the movie does detail that idea of loss and loneliness, yeah. especially for like the Flash. How they rather than make him a quirky goofy character they made him a character that was like sympathetic and socially awkward yeah. with that whole introduction with iris west mm-hmm. which i really enjoyed and that that was good is he going to be back because i know he had like that little scandal so i'm not sh- is he coming back to be flash yes he is okay yeah he's coming back it's confirmed now i've recently heard that Warner Brothers was not going to introduce Cyborg into the Flashpoint Paradox movie, which I think is freaking stupid. Because, you know... They have that love-hate relationship, and it's funny. Right. And you think, because he plays a major part in it, that he would be involved in it. Yes. We shall see. We shall see. You know, never say never. Maybe if the fans try hard enough, because the fans do try hard enough. Because, trust me. After all this word of, like, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, release that damn Snyder Cut, they released it, so fans will go hard. I hope so, because, I mean, you get a little joke between them two, that's funny. Exactly. I actually do like them together. Exactly. So, moving on, like we said, go see it. If you haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max, please go see it, because it's so much better. And Mm -hmm. then if you want, watch the 2017 version, and then watch the... Uh, the one that recently came out, the 2021 version, and tell us what are some major differences that you saw, some major differences that you enjoyed. Let me know in a voice message, or you can just message me on Tumblr, Instagram, whatever, Twitter. All right, so moving on. 
we're going to talk about a movie that you always pretend to spit on the floor for, New Mutants. Oh, God, here we go. She's done it again. She's done it again. All right. So, you want to retell the people out there your biggest beef with the New Mutants. Okay. So, I rewatched New Mutants yesterday. And I wish they had a little bit more action. Granted, they did talk a lot in the beginning because you do have to know everyone's backstory. I get it. Right. I get it. However, you don't know what's really going on towards what's going on and what's... um. What's her name? What's her name? Danny. Uh, yeah, you don't know her, her power until towards the end of the movie. Right. So it's like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? You have these mutants in this this house, trying to figure out why are they the only mutants? May I say, mm-hmm. in the house, what's going on with that? Then you sit here and you have the doctor. What's her issue? What's going on with her? I feel like they could have gave a little bit more. Overall, the movie was good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to calm down a little bit. The movie was good. I wish it did have more action. I felt like I'm so used to the X-Men movies where they have a little bit of action and then they talk and a little bit of action and then they talk and then afterwards, towards like the end of the movie, you have the big fight. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a little bit like that, but I don't want to compare the X-Men to the New Mutants. I don't want to do that, but at the same time, that's what I would hope for. Right. So, that's just my take on it. So, I give it like a solid B+. I give it a B plus. It was a really good movie, and mm-hmm. I did enjoy the characters, and I did enjoy the horror element to it. Yes, because when, remember when this movie was announced that it was going to come out, because I think this came out of the heels of like the Avengers and mm-hmm. I, I've like 2018, 2019, that sort of time frame. Originally, that's when this movie was supposed to come out, like shortly, probably a year later, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was supposed to be hinted at this is going to be the first Marvel horror movie. And they did a good job. I do want to put that out there. They really did do a good job. Yes. Now, with that being said, are there horror elements into it? Of course, there are. The characters are really good. My biggest takeaway, you don't get an actual time frame as to where this movie is shot. Because I sort of akin the movie to like The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. But with mutants, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because it's like the four, mi- five misfit kids and the one like authority figure. They're stuck in this room. It's kind of shot like that. Yeah, and I do enjoy like all of the characters. I enjoy Rain. Rain was like an amazing character. I enjoyed Ileana's like mm-hmm. backstory. Sam was like a really solid dude who was just like really trying to figure out what went wrong and everything. You know, a lot of these characters because they're all like. They seemingly look all between the age of, like, 16 to, like, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. So, Around there, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's really interesting. And they and I love the aspect of all five of them coming from different backgrounds. Like, Danny being Native American, Rain being Scottish, 
uh, Ileana being Russian, um, Sam being American from the South, like Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think it's Kentucky, but I think that's what uh, Sunspot calls him. Mm-hmm. And then I like the idea of Roberto being from, where is he from? Argentina? Yeah. I think. I think it is Argentina, yeah. And I like the aspect of, like, all of their... diversity. Yeah, the diversity and all of their backgrounds. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed how... I really also enjoyed the aspect of, when it comes to mutants, they really tie in mutants with, like, going through puberty. Or, like, regular, like, humans going through puberty. Like, you're in that awkward stage. You don't know what's going on. Your body is changing. All of a sudden... all trying to have a self-identity. Right. And now, all of a sudden, it's, like, it's akin to that. Because, like, mutants don't start developing their powers until... Or, like, their powers don't start to manifest until they're 13. It's, like, that's the age most Americans go through puberty. It's, like, the whole thing of that. And I like Mm -hmm. that aspect. But, with that being said, I really enjoyed... Um, them including Mr. Sinister's corporation into yeah. it. That was really cool. Um, a little tidbit. I did not know that Ileana was actually related to Colossus. I did not know either. I had to look it up and I'm like, oh my god. So <laughs> her brother is an X-Man? Like, god damn, where have I been? But that was cool. And I also enjoyed like the little aspects when Danny is like going through that um, treatment. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, seeing, like, these kids being tortured. Mm -hmm. And how that kind of ties into Logan. With all the kids and the Weapon X program and all that going on. Mm -hmm. Especially with, like, X-23 running around and how she met up with all those kids. Time. Okay, so is that before or after Logan died? See, that I don't know. See, in the movies, after Logan dies, that's when X-23 meets up with all those kids. Like so towards the end of the movie. Be... Okay, so that must be somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. yeah. And That's why that was my question. I didn't know. Yeah. So I want to say that happened afterwards because when she, when X23 eventually does meet up with all those kids, they've broken out of the facility mm-hmm. and there's like nobody there, I think, because I think all those kids ended up rebelling and killing everyone. Yeah. So that was the thing. But, you know, overall. I wish I would have got a definitive, like, time frame for when all this stuff was happening. Because, you know, that element of Ileana being Colossus's sister. Um, So what time frame is this? Mm -hmm. Like, is this during the Deadpool, Deadpool like, time frame? When Deadpool is, like, trying to be recruited by Colossus and the Negasonic Teenage Warhead? Mm -hmm. Is that where this is happening? But I do... Or how... I don't think they're going to... No. Well... No. Because, like, they said this was going to be the last X-Men movie of the franchise. Because I think this is the last X-Men movie they have before... uh, I think after uh, Marvel ended up... Marvel or Disney. I think it's Disney ended up buying Fox. Okay. So I think they're just going to reboot everything. Uh, I do want them to keep on the original characters because they're all really young. Yeah. And you could do something with that because you could just get... The kids from Logan, you can get the kids from the New Mutants and then just bring them all together and then they just finally end up going to Professor Xavier's or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, have Deadpool kind of tie into that if there's that connection. But, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of like, where do we go from here? After, That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. But overall, I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was really good. Um, some aspects of it, 
were like hit or miss, kind of. But you know, I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was really it good. Was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Could okay. it have, could it have been better? Of course. Yeah. But with all the recuts, the reshoots, and the delays. You better be happy it wasn't in developmental hell for long and we got what we got. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it could have just not been released at all and then next thing you know, it's like Gambit. <sighs> you know, <laughs> you know, my take on that, they should have had the dude from Logan to play Gambit. No disrespect to Channing Tatum. I think he is a beautiful man. He is an, a very attractive man. Yes, most definitely. But I don't think that's his role. You prefer the Gambit from X-Men Origins Wolverine. Exactly. I think in that little segment he had, he sold me. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus he does have like the body shape down too. Exactly. And on top of that, he had that whole... um, I wouldn't say charisma, but he did have that whole little flair about him mm-hmm. when he was speaking to Logan. Right. I liked it. Man, he's cute too, so. Which is a him. win-win. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, moving right along. Um, next, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Everything about it. I have no complaints. I have one. <laughs> I have one. Count on you to be the devil. Maybe advocate. two. Maybe two. Okay. I don't think that movie needed to be two hours. Yes, it long. did. Because you're talking about. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Wait a minute. Go ahead. So you're talking about the stone. Right. What is that stone? Right. I if I could be wrong, I could be wrong. But didn't they talk about the stone in the Wonder Woman, the first one? No? No. Okay, so we don't know what the stone is. So you have to do a backstory. Not even a backstory. You have to talk about what the stone is. Then you also have to talk about the new suit. Because if you think about it, for me, I'm like, why is Wonder Woman changing her outfit? We know Wonder Woman with the little shorts and the little little corset and, and the little cape or whatever the fuck she got. We know her as that. Right. Now she's coming in here and looking like an Oscar statue. Exactly. <laughs> so with yes, exactly in in her spear. So you have to talk about that, and you also have to talk about the powers that stone have. You're bringing in new people to Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is a um, a big character, a main character. The Holy Trinity. Exactly. So you have to talk about these things. And I will say, sorry, spoiler for people who have not seen it. I love how they got the original Diana in Wonder Woman. That shit was awesome as hell. Linda Carter, yes. I loved her and I will say she still looks freaking good. I'm trying to remember what was the name that they gave her when she was in Wonder Woman. Because like... I remember her character was like tied into like this uh, ancient, not ancient, but this famous, uh, famous um, Amazonian. 
Asteria. There you go. That's what it was. Her name was Asteria. Okay, so is that the costume that she originally... Yes. Okay. So, remember, they're going back and they're talking about the famous, like, um, armor. And it was from... The famous armor is because uh, of a famous Amazonian named Asteria who wore it in the face of battle. But she was never heard from again. Okay, so who out of... Okay, so who knows about that? Exactly. No one knows really about that. So, you have to talk about that. And you have to give the backstory of that. And plus, this was the 1984, so you have to kind of talk about that as well. Right. Okay. Any other complaints that you have with that movie? Except I, for it being so long. Well, no. Well, no. Now, uh, no. Um, the second one, it's not even that major of a complaint. It's more like the beginning of the movie when she realizes that. Um, you have to accept the truth and mm-hmm. everything. Like, you cheated, and that's that. Like, when she's running that obstacle course, she, she cheated. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to accept the fact that she cheated. Her mother, or I think the role model she has. I'm sorry, I'm Her bad mom. with names. I'm totally bad with names. But um, Robin Wright's mm-hmm. character told her there's no, like, actual justice in, like, cheating and all that. Mm-hmm. And it ties into... Like, later on in the movie. At the time, I just didn't understand why that whole scene needed to be added in it. Mm-hmm. But tying it into, like, when she has that face-off with Max Lord about, like, look, just because you want something so badly doesn't mean you have to give up everything, your morals, and then, like, lose yourself trying to attain this Goal, which is why she ends up having to walk away from the man she loves. She's like, "You're dead, right? I can't like, cause she actually was just like, well, fuck everything else. I have you here. We can build a life since you're here. Yeah, but the thing, and the whole world was going to shit, right? Cause <laughs> so, like, and I get it. Like, since it was 1984, they did have to introduce the whole aspects of the Cold War and everything. Like, I just. You know, I I don't know. I think because it was set during that time frame, I didn't really need, like, think it needed to be that added. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh, you got to tie in the whole thing with the truth. You got to tie in, you know, the stuff that was going on in 1984. Like, tying that in just, like, added to the minutes of this movie. Which probably was one of the reasons. I think you're more so trying to bring logic to the movie. Exactly. And they're trying to show you reason behind the actions yeah. that's being taken. Logic and reason are two different things. Logic is short. Reasoning is more detailed and... Extensive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect word. Extensive. So, I think you need to just accept the reason behind it. Looking back on it now, now... Okay. Because beforehand, I was just dead set and being like, this is too long of a movie. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, now that you've explained that, and I I will admit, I am wrong. I am wrong. Some of those aspects you had to add in. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this I really did like Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Yeah. That came out of left field. That is, like, up there with, like, my, like, now I had no reservations that she could do it. Mm hmm. Because, you know, it, it ties into the, my, my whole, like, bas- back bias when they announced Anne Hathaway was going to play Catwoman in, I think it was The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no way. No, no, it was The Dark Knight Rises. It was, um, I thought it was no way. That wasn't going to happen. 
So, I was proven wrong. Kristen Wiig playing Cheetah was fucking phenomenal. I have no complaints. She did an amazing mm-hmm. job. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I liked the fact that they added that whole aspect of, like, the reason why Wonder Woman's losing her power is because this soul stone or the wish stone or whatever, the this stone mm-hmm. is tied into the fact that you can't get your powers back and she'll continue to drain your powers unless you give up Trevor. Yeah. I enjoyed that part. That aspect And was you amazing. wouldn't have known that if they didn't talk about it. Right. And I also liked um, Pedro Pascal playing Max Lord. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. And I loved his backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, this immigrant who's trying to do the best he can. He's trying to be the better ver. He's basically doing what most parents would do. Mm-hmm. They want to give their child the better life that they had. And you can see it on his face, but mm-hmm. it's like somewhere down the line, like... He got lost trying to be great. Right. And he lost sight of what was... Mo- I will admit, I cried when he was, like, screaming out for his son and he met up with... Because, man, I, I cried. Did, did his son die or not? No, no, his son didn't die. His son was screaming, looking for him. Okay. His son yeah, was... Yeah, because he was by himself, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, screaming, like, Dad, I... Did. And then, man, I cried. I yeah, cried. that's when he snapped out of it and was like... My son! Where's my son? Exactly. Where is my child? Exactly. That that parental instinct just kicked in because he realized, like, he got lost halfway through just trying to be something for his son. And it was like, his son didn't care about all that. His son just wanted him. He didn't want him to be famous. He didn't want him to be, like, this extravagant, powerful being. He just wanted his dad. His time. Yeah, that's all I wanted. Which made me cry. I will admit, I cried. That that was touching. But yeah, um I thought it was funny when they introduced they were like Trevor just appeared out of that party mm-hmm. out of nowhere and she was like, Who the hell are you talking to me like this? Why are you touching me? And then she snapped out and was like, Oh my god, it's you. It's you I'm like, Oh man, that that was like unhand me, sir. It's like, dude, she can she can break your wrist, dude. Exactly. Like, why are you touching her? And then it's like, Oh, he's just inhabited to to other people. Um, that's just some random dude. To her, she just sees Trevor. Mm-hmm. So, I like that aspect. And I, I liked how they kind of just, you know, cut their relationship with, like, she just walks away and you don't see Trevor in the rest of that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, all you see is the calamity, like, the world ending and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Everything was just falling apart. Mm-hmm. But, and you never see Trevor again. You don't see the guy again. It's just clean. It's cut. And it's, all, it's like a band-aid right off. I have no complaints with that movie. Yeah. Honestly, I think it was good from beginning to end. Right. In my opinion. It was good. It was really good. He's I just having another baby. So. Yay! I know. But, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I really did enjoy it. I don't under, like... I will have my gripes with it. It's not that major. I don't understand why not a lot of other people liked it. Because I think for a lot of other people, it was like Mm 50-50. But is Wonder Woman still out here breaking like the cycle of like bad DC movies? Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. She's doing an amazing job. And then Justice League ended up reinventing itself. So that was really good. Um, Also, tying back into Zack Snyder's Justice League, I really Mm -hmm. liked... How they delved more into, like, we obviously talked about The Flash, we talked about um, Cyborg. I like how they gave more of a backstory to Aquaman, 
Yeah, because this was still in the this was still in the timeline before the Aquaman movie came out. So this mm-hmm. is still, you know, uh, Arthur still coming to terms with the idea of parental abandonment. Exactly, being abandoned by his mother. Like he knows his father's story, but being abandoned by his mother and realizing, like, dude, you're the rightful king of Atlantis. You are the firstborn. You need to come take your throne. Mm-hmm. And then I was really sad the fact that Superman went down and killed everybody. I was like, dang, you done killed Aquaman. Because I was looking for him at the end, at that paradox, and he was dead. They were like, he killed him. Mm-hmm. That's why, uh, uh, what's that woman name? Mira was mm-hmm. looking. Now, I will say this. I really do hope they change the actress that played Mira in the original one. I think they are. Thank God. During because of that whole scandal, but um yeah, I am 100% with you on that one. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Yep. Fingers crossed. Have Amelia Clark do it. She has a good working relationship. Mm-hmm. Like the chick that was in uh yeah, Amelia Clark. Have her do it. It works. Mm-hmm. They have that chemistry. They know each other. It works well. Mhm. Have her play it. So, so yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, really amazing film. Um, solid film. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, moving on into another female-orientated superheroes. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Birds of Prey. Hmm. Certain characters I wish was not in that movie. I'm not going to lie. I agree with you. That whole, the detective, I love her as an actress. I love Rosie Perez. I do. I really do, and I think she's an amazing person. But I get the whole, you know, I deserve to be... Seasoned detective deserves to, like, you're always getting... And, like, I get it. I get it. But you didn't need to be there. You really didn't. Your part. I felt like her part was overly extended in that movie. Right. She could have played that, but did she really have to be a part of their whole little woman group? I just felt like no, not really. All you really had to do was arrest, um, arrest. Oh, what's her name? Harley. Yeah, arrest Harley, and then keep it going. My whole thing was. In reading the comics, now I don't know if this is really true to the Birds of Prey version, but I really expected Renee Montoya to be like in her mid-30s, early 30s. I wasn't really expecting Renee Montoya to be like in her like late in her 40s, like late 50s. Like maybe it's just an age thing with me, but you know, her overall character like... I get the undertones of the movie where it's like female empowerment. You know, I do get it. It's there. It's there. But I expected like the age difference to be different because everyone else is up there. Well, yeah, kind of younger. Well, no, her character in the comics always gave off the vibe of like, yeah, I've been doing this for like 15, 10 years, but I'm in my 30s doing this. Like it always gave that vibe off to me. Like you're disgruntled. Mm-hmm. But, and then missing, I think also missing the aspect of having Jim Gordon there was also like out yeah. of, out of the mean, box. I mean, Jim Gordon really didn't have to be in that movie. No, I'm just saying, like, that's what my association, because once again, I'm coming at it from the mindset, mindset of a fan who's into the comic books. Mm-hmm. And my previous, like, familiarity with it was like, 
Yeah. It's like, yes, she's like in her 30s, her early 30s, or like her mid-30s. I was expecting that. But, you know, I digress. But that's not even my biggest, biggest grudge with this film. What is it? My biggest grudge with this film is the way they portrayed Cassandra Kane. They got the race right. They got, they got that right. But her backstory... How dare you? <laughs> I felt so... Because Cassandra Kane is not a pit pocket. You reduced the story, the backstory of mm-hmm. Cassandra Kane to a pit pocket. A child pit pocketer. No, no, no. She is a child. She is a child. Because Cassandra Kane's backstory is uh, complicated, to say the least. Um... It's very complicated. I... Because she is an orphan. I mean, yeah. you're the... I mean, for for Christ's sakes. I mean, you're the daughter of uh, David Kane, and I believe her mother is Lady Shiva. Yeah. Yeah, so Lady Shiva. So you have that backstory. And you're trained... She was basically trained as a killer. Mm-hmm. She was like X-23, but like she can... Yeah, She's the daughter. She's the daughter of the assassins David Kane and Lady Shiva, and it's like you are born and bred to be a killing machine. She was able. She's able to detect your body movements before you do, mm-hmm. which makes her one of the deadliest people in the DC universe. Like this girl is like this girl makes like eleven and X twenty three look like child's play. Yeah. They make them look like schoolyard toddlers compared to Cassandra Kane. She is born and bred to be an assassin. A killer. You turn her into a pickpocket. Like, her whole aspect... Cause I'm currently, a helpless pickpocketer at that. Right. Like, the whole aspect of her character in the comics was the fact that, like, she was being raised by, like, Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. Who, was Oracle at the time to become like Batman, and then eventually she gets adopted by Batman. Mm-hmm. With this, you just like make her like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a wayward pit pocket. My foster parents don't like me, so I'm just gonna go out here and just start stealing off of people. And then by the end of the movie, she's teamed up with Harley Quinn. They have no connection in the comics. No, that was just like, oh, we're just gonna take some uh some some liberty with this character. I that was my big thing. Because you just made her a pit pocket rather than like this brutal killing machine who is out here kicking ass. But do you really think, I think she should have her own, in my opinion, I felt like maybe she should have had her own little movie. Because you have, I mean, to me, I just feel like the actress that played there, she's she's like an extra. I'm sorry. That's how they made her an extra. You have Harley Quinn and then you have the rest. Right. Honestly. And I felt like for people who don't know, again, you're bringing someone into a movie who we don't know anything about. And you're just taking it as face value. And she's just a child in this movie. I feel as though you're right. She's a, a, 
there. She's like cannon fodder. She's yeah. just there. She just she's just one aspect of this plot of why things are happening the way it is. Right. Just the one aspect. Mm-hmm. The tiny. It, like you can have the story move on with or without her. That's how I feel. Exactly. Like my biggest thing was like her character wasn't true to the comics. So I'll be that fan. Yeah. So I honestly feel like if they did make her to her true self. I don't think anybody would be in the movie, honestly. Harley Quinn, um, uh, the, what's the, what's that girl? Huntress. Huntress. Oh, no, Black Canary. Yeah, Black Canary, Huntress, the detective, because she honestly could have killed the detective if she really wanted to, with or without the gun, to be honest. And, um, honestly, it would have been a movie about her. Also, it's like, I did, like, I really enjoyed Black Canary's character. I really enjoyed that aspect. Huntress, as, like, the awkward, um, former rich girl. Assassin. Right, her. Like, that whole aspect. I enjoyed that part. Um, one aspect I didn't really too much care for was the flashbacks. I mean, you have to see why she's on a killer spree. I mean, I get that. But I'm talking about the incessant use of flashbacks. Like, you get to a scene. Because because I felt like, okay, what happened to Huntress and why she's killing all these people? I'm not talking about Huntress in general. I'm talking about, like, the rest of the flashbacks. Because there was more than just her flashback. There was a flashback on how Harley ended up in the police um, station. There's the other aspect of, like, how Black Canary found out, and then... Because you have... I mean, because I felt like they were jumping ahead, and we didn't know what was going on. That whole scene was them, okay, she's in jail. How did she get in jail? Okay, now, the in the beginning of the movie, we had to revert back and reverse in why she sat there and did the things that she did. The whole movie started off with a flashback. You know what it is? It's because I'm so used to American cinema giving me plot holes. Yes. That the first time you actually... Because it just dawned on me right then and there. Because you're just used to scenes jumping from scene to scene with mm-hmm. no explanation. Now, am I used to it? No. Probably that's the reason why I have a problem with it. Still, I stand by what I said. The, with the flashbacks? Yeah, it's like, I'm here. I get it. I get it. They explain what's going on. The You're probably wondering how I got myself into this pickle aspect. I feel like they the didn't need to do the flashback. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could have it for Huntress because it explains it. But for everything else, yeah, you just got added extra stuff. Was Harley... Okay, so that must be... So they kind of tied Harley Quinn to Suicide Squad because they were together then, weren't they? And then Harley Quinn got her own movie and then they broke up. Was it not? I don't know. So here, here's what happened at the end. She ended up going back to Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Now, how she got out of, like, the Suicide Squad, I don't know. I honestly don't know. They don't really... Like most movies, they don't really tie into what time frame this is for. They don't. They don't tell you if this is before Suicide Squad or after Suicide Squad. They don't really tell us that. They just were like, "Hey, the whole purpose of this movie is Harley breaks up with the Joker, so now she's public enemy number one by mm-hmm. all criminal organizations because she doesn't have the Joker there to." sort of be the shield for her anymore so Mm -hmm. and then like you got black mass that's after her you got dr zace who's after her um they have that aspect 
And then that becomes, oh, Harley broke up with the Joker. Harley mm-hmm. broke up with the Joker. And now she's independent and everything like that. I don't know. I feel as though Black Mask was, like, pretty easy work. Yeah. Because, like, once you get to the end and you're trying to figure out who this, like, where he is. and eh. It could have been better. But I will say, um, I do like Harley Quinn. I do like uh, Margaret Robbie. I do like her playing Harley Quinn. She does bring a very refreshing tone to it. Plus, it's a it's very akin to the animated series, exactly. TV series to the '90s, which is good because, funny enough, she's not even an original character in mm-hmm. the comics. Not a lot of people know Harley Quinn was actually made up for the TV sake. She exactly. has no connection to the comic books whatsoever she was just like they decided to do the animated series oh the joker needs a sidekick let's give let's give the joker a sidekick who we're gonna name her harley quinn Mm -hmm. harley quinn joker keep it all justery yeah there you go so Mm. i give it a c minus so mortal (laughs) kombat i give it an a minus the only minus is because of Cole Young. I didn't really like his character. But it was a, a high C plus. Mortal Kombat, really? I wish they would have spoken a little bit more. Well, you know what? I changed my grade. I give it a B plus. There we go. I give it a B plus. Because it was good. Cause it you, was good. Because remember. Remember the ones from the 90s. I wish Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That was... I wish they would have did a little bit more with Raiden. I like this version of Raiden better. What? No. See, Raiden was with the shit. I'm sorry. Raiden didn't. He said, look, I'm just going to say it once. If you're going to not do what I ask, respectfully, then I'm at the kick your ass. No, I meant like the varying actors from the original to this one. Yeah, but this actor, this person who played... Raiden, he was just like, okay, we're not gonna do this here. This is a sacred place, blah blah blah. And he kept just trying to be the peacemaker. No, he was just trying to follow the rules of Mortal yeah, Kombat. But he was also being a peacemaker, like, I'm not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this here. We have somewhere to do this. Raiden would have kicked his ass. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh Zack Snyder's Justice League, I give it an A plus plus because my God, it was I have no amazing. New Mutants. I give it a B plus. I think I said that already. I give it a B plus. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I give it an A plus. I give it an A. Uh, Birds of Birds of Prey. I give it a C. I give it a C. Now we're gonna talk about. uh, I I totally forgot we were gonna jump into Resident Evil 8, but I totally forgot. Mm -hmm. We're gonna talk about Army of the Dead. Oh my god. Oh my god. Do you want to start this or am I? You can start it. I have a few things that was wrong with that movie. One, you have zombies. I'm used to the regular zombies that are just walking, flesh-eating zombies. Mm-hmm. Brain dead. All they want to do is just eat on human flesh. Right. You have regular zombies, and then you have the zombies who are intelligent. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to that. Then you have the king of all zombies. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then you have the queen. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant. 
how I mean what are we doing with that one that's one two you have you really don't know the real backstory between Batista and his daughter until toward the end of the movie um, because it does say, you know, Batista, his wife died because she was a zombie and she was banging on the door where her daughter, where his daughter, they, they both were married, their daughter in the bathroom and the mother who was a zombie was trying to eat her. So he ended up killing her for to save his daughter. Mm-hmm. So he ends up going somewhere else. Daughter ends up going somewhere else. And we don't know why they are just like in this rut. Mm-hmm. Then you have the people who helped him get to where he was and they built their own little community. Mm-hmm. And then you meet this guy who was telling him about this whole elaborate plan of getting yeah, money. Getting money. And they would end up splitting it in half, but realizing it was for a whole different purpose. Okay. My thing is. Okay, you have, what's his name? Omari? Omar? Omari Hardwick's yes. character. I, Vanderhoof. Yes. I do like him. But, towards the end of the movie, you're like, okay, he didn't get bit. He did not get bit. The character who, what's his name? Um, what is his name? The Safecracker? No, yeah. Math, uh, what's his name? Dieter. Dieter. We're going to call him just by that because his first name is a little hard to pronounce. Ludwig. Ludwig. Wig or Wick? Ludwig. Wig. Dieter. Okay. So, he actually saved him from getting bitten. Uh-huh. He was on a plane. He has a bite mark. Right. Not only that, he pushed him in the safe. Right. How did he escape? Exactly. The damn plot holes, I tell you. Like, Jesus, like, my my whole thing was, the movie was, the movie was hit or miss. Like, you got aspects of it. I'm trying to find aspects of the movie I actually like, but I'm gonna be honest with you. All the characters were annoying. Um, Theo Rossi's character was, like, an ass. Like, I mean, ass as in a bit, like, just disgusting rapey creepy ass just ew yeah. just Burst makes your skin cross yeah he ended up getting bit then dying i'm 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 just oh, um what's her name gita i i will say she, she dumb she's so dumb <laughs> she dumb i get it you trying to get money for your kids but goddamn you you risking your life to go over there and you have no formal training whatsoever all she you did in, in a- Gita, the woman that was stuck in that hotel that was going to get turned into a zombie because they all got captured. Okay, we're talking about two different people. Mm-hmm, because Gita was the mother I'm of sorry. the two kids. I'm ta- okay, I'm trying to say Chambers. That's the girl I'm talking about. Chambers. Oh, yeah. The, That's the, the blonde. She wasn't blonde. You know, Chambers was was the girl that got bitten. She ended up blowing herself up to have everyone. Oh, else her, 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 her. The I, guy, the 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 girl that was with the dude who was on YouTube yeah. killing people. Yeah, I will say, she was gonna win. Oh, not win, but she was gonna survive. Had it not been for Martin's character. Yeah, that dude was a piece of shit. 
And that's why he died the way he did. Yeah, eaten by a goddamn were-tiger. Not were-tiger, but zombie a zombie tiger. tiger. Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, it wasn't that weird. It was. I mean, I haven't seen that on The Walking Dead. So, <laughs> I'm just like, we Walking Dead, we done seen everything. All right. But that, that's new. Okay. Maybe that's one of the whole new, you know... What's those uh, advanced zombies or whatever you want to call it? I mean, if you think about it, the uh, the idea that they were transporting this zombie, like they they were transporting this zombie or whatever super, this creature, super zombie, right? That was highly intelligent. Was like, okay, yeah, we're just gonna. I mean, that's not far fetched. I mean, I get it, but they were trying to make a super soldier. Aren't they all? Aren't they all? Every single one of these things is like, let's let's use zombies and sell it to the highest bidder to go fight their wars. It's like, come on now. This is Jurassic Park, but with zombies. Mm-hmm. And instead of them trying to escape from the zombies, they're going into zombie-infested Las Vegas just to get money out of a safe. Which was weird because Las Vegas was the only place that had the zombies. Right. Everywhere else was fine. No, because when they... when I guess... The government was, like, realizing these major, like, these people attacking people in the streets. I guess they noticed that and then decided to block off all of Las Vegas from the outside world. Hence why when Vanderhoe got bit and he's on that plane, it, was, it became such a big deal because nobody else on that planet was affected. Okay, but they still didn't say how he got bit. Right, th- like th- that plot hole. They yes. they didn't say how he got out because that safe is like once you close it. In my thinking, once you close a safe like that, that automatically locks back up. Right, because the way Dieter made it sound was like this was an impossible safe to break open. Exactly. So if it's an impossible safe to break open, nine times out of ten, when it comes to a safe like that, if you mm-hmm. close it, it's gonna lock back up. So it's like one, how did he get out? Two, when he did get that thing, when the safe closed on him, it was dark as shit in that room. And he was the only person that was out of there. So how did he get bit? Right. Did And then the thing about that is, okay, when they dropped the nuke on to Las Vegas, how is that... I mean, is that like you kill that, the, the, the top zombie and the rest of them die? Or right. Or how did that work? Because you're always going to assume when it comes to those monster things, like when it comes to like vampires or werewolves, yes. if you kill the main one that caused you to be infected, you'll be fine. But with this, it's like, where in between this time frame did he manage to get bit? Yeah. Because when they were struggling on that plane, not plane, but helicopter, and they were fighting, in what time frame did homeboy get bit? And he actually, actually, they dropped the nuke down before he even got out of the safe. Right. So it's like, how, how the fuck did he get bit? In that, in that, arm, it wasn't even on his wrist where he was about to bite him at. Right. It was on under- his shoulder. Right. And underneath so yeah. you wouldn't see it. So he had to lift up his shirt to see it. I'm like, where is this happening at? It's just... I don't. I, I just didn't. Did like you it. make this movie and didn't think people were gonna pay attention to that, or did you just put that bite mark there and then it's just gonna? You know, it's sad. The same person. This is a Zack Snyder movie. He directed this movie. What? Yes. No. Yes. So it's like, 
What the fuck? You get Justice League and then you get this. It's like, come on now, man. You're better than this. Why are there so many plot holes? Why do I not like any of these characters? Why is this movie so long and the only good minutes is like after Maria gets her neck snapped? Exactly. And then it's like, I didn't come here for the money. And I came here for you. And a love story and a love little plot there too. And it's Don't like... Don't get any hints of that whatsoever in this no. movie. Because it's like, it's pretty much... I, thought, I mean, but you kind of do because it's like, what's your real reasoning going? Because at the end of the day, she didn't want to go to begin with. She was kind of happy with her life and what she was doing, fixing cars. And then he, he said, please, please do it for me. And then she did it. So you kind of get a little, you got a little soft spot there. All right, all right, I'll give you that. But goddamn, really? You wait until the last 30 minutes of this movie, and once she confesses his her love for him, she but gets her can, next snap. But you can kind of see it in the movie how she was all up on him. Come on. I probably wasn't paying attention because I was so bored. <laughs> I wasn't bored. I was disappointed. I was bored. I didn't know he made that movie. I was bored. Yes, he did. I was bored. Ooh, everybody got they one fuck up. I give them that one fuck up. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there with like questionable movies they came out with, but and hey, it's on Netflix, so. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, they got their money's worth, but I ended up. I was like, um, I follow uh, Simon Miller, mm-hmm. who's part of What Culture. He was like, man, this is basically Dave Batista playing Ray Phoenix. Not no, not Ray Phoenix. Uh, I'm thinking of the wrestler. No, uh, it's uh, Marcus Phoenix. From uh, Gears of War. Shut up. Hey, I don't know. I don't. I know what Gears of War is, but I'm not too familiar with the game play of it. But it is what it is. But I just. And then I didn't yes. like. I didn't like the whole like. I get it. There is that initial awkwardness when he was like when he was with his daughter, and she mm-hmm. was like, "I thought you hated me, and you were just going to continue to hate me." Like. Um, and then she was like, I didn't hate you because you killed my mom. I hated you because you just left. Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate how they added that aspect of, like, she said something snarky and it mm-hmm. hurt his feelings. And then he was like, well, okay, whatever, forget this. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that initial reaction because it seems more realistic. Because you're not gonna, like, forgive this person outright after they didn't abandon you. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have that initial, like, when you get towards the end, when they finally have that heart-to-heart moment. Mm-hmm. So, I like that aspect. And I also like the aspect of them, like, Vanderhoe introducing that whole idea that maybe they're stuck in this loop mm-hmm. of, like, always dying. I thought they were going to dive a little bit into that aspect. Because that seemed a lot more interesting than it the did. whole... It did. It really did. the entire movie, if I say so myself. But, I agree. Um, I thought they were going to talk about that, which I was like, Ooh, okay. My, my antenna started perking up. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, the, another thing that I like when that guy got, you know, toyed with by that zombie tiger, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm sorry. You got the most <laughs> gruesome kill out of this whole movie. It's amazing. I'd rather get bit up by zombies than to sit here and get scratched up. And, and then toyed you're, with. Exactly. And then got his whole face bit off. Yeah. Like, so you felt that first bite. Mm-hmm. That, that's the... He died a, what you would definitely call a slow, painful death. Yeah. Because that thing scratched him all to hell, ripped him to shreds. Ripped his ribs up. And then just was like, Yomp and just 
Man. So I I thought that that was pretty funny. But yeah, that that's my thing about that one. Okay. But yeah, it's um, it I I it, that was more interesting. And I gotta say, I was more interested in the zombies than I was everybody else because that whole intricate aspect you introduced of like the queen and her being pregnant. I'm like, like you said, it's like. So how highly intelligent are these zombies that they're able to reproduce? And then you understand who's the king and who's the queen. Exactly. Now, I had a theory going into this movie. Now, remember in the beginning when they all got into that car wreck and you had that married couple that caused all this shit, right? At first, I thought the queen was the bride that was in that car with her husband mm-hmm. when she was but going. No. But no, it wasn't. Yeah, I was like, that. He could- had to. Uh, um, my thing is, that was the dude that that was in the truck. Right. When the wreck happened. Right. And he, I guess he made somebody the queen. And she just became hyper intelligent. Yeah. Just the way she was dressed. I think she was a dancer. Yeah. But Yes, she was. Because remember when they were running? And he was, like, somewhere in the background chasing one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she has that background. But that that's my aspect of the whole entire movie. I'd give that movie, like, a, a scene. <laughs> I'm giving it I, I, I want to be... I, I'm going to be generous because I liked the zombies. I liked... A C minus. The little innocence in that, that little intricate story that they were, like, maybe we're all... Because I really did enjoy the fact that all the characters, that the corpses... We're all wearing the same clothes they were wearing. So I like that little aspect, which is why I'm giving mm-hmm. it a C-. Overall, if they didn't have that, I would just give it a D. You know what? I'm going to give it a D. I'm sorry. Because I felt like if you would have talked about that, you would have opened a whole new realm. And I felt like you would have had your viewers a little bit more engaged than to sit here and us being here with those zombies. And then on top of that, you sat there and Omari was going up and down the stairs, up and down the elevator, getting zombies. And I'm just like, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie about that. But um, I just felt like it could have been a little bit more uh, explained. Mm-hmm. Of course. A lot more could have been said and done. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. That's my take on it. So I'm giving it a D. Okay, so I told you um, before this podcast was going to start, I'm naming this episode Talking Movies with Ethel and Scotty. Yep. Now... Those who may not know, me and Naomi are co-workers. If you haven't listened to our previous episode where I interviewed Naomi about her experiences with anime, comics, um, uh, wrestling. wrestling, and like not so much hard rock and heavy metal music, mm-hmm. but we're co-workers. Yes. I'm not going to say where we work. Yes. So, with that being said, we have a nickname for each other. More like you gave me this nickname. Yes. You want to give the origins real quick of our nickname? Well, our origin, um, Brittany, you're Scotty, and I'm Ethel. Because we argue like an old married couple. Always. Um, and it's funny because most people think that we're sisters in real life and we're not. We're no. not related by any family member or anything like that. But do you would think because we are so close 
and our minds are similar when it comes to our thinking and what we say it is a little similar they think we are just an old married couple going back and forth (laughs) pretty much and we say the most craziest things to each other it's funny to us but to other people you'll be like why are you arguing so like what is like do you really like each other it's like every time it's like i told you the tags need to do this it's like what don't you talk to me like that every time it's in public and it's in public all the time front of people it's never you know when we are by ourselves it's in front of people also we'd like to shout out or i'd like to yeah we'd like to shout out one of our honorary members Mm -hmm. adam who we call um, Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> so the adventures of Eugene, Scotty, and Ethel. Man, that that whole duo, man. Trio. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that that's gonna... Hope you're doing well, Adam. Yeah. So, um, in that, we're gonna talk about Resident Evil 8. Yay. I just want to say this. When it comes to horror anything, I'm a huge fan of lore and backstory. Yes. The better the lore and the backstory, the better the product of horror, video games, movies, books, whatever you want to call it. Yep. When you have a solid backstory, mm-hmm. I'm already intrigued. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Resident Evil 8 Village? It took the cake. Chef's kiss. Give it A++. 10, 15. I give it a 50, a 20 out of 10. Like, my God. Mm. Now, to give a bit of a background for me, I only know of, like, Resident Evil through, obviously, the video games and the Mm -hmm. movies. I have yet to see the movies, and I have yet to play the video games. Whoa. They're cute. They're cute. Here's the thing. The video games aren't even technically really tied to the movies. Not at all. Like, at all. Wait, it it was in, yeah, well, well. A little bit. A little bit. Because of the logo. Right. Umbrella. Yeah. For those who don't know. Right. Um, it it had that incorporated in all the um in all the games. However, Resident Evil Four did kinda talk about it a little bit and it did talk about the different zombies and they did talk about the mutations of the zombies and everything. Which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very good with the action. I right. have no complaints with that. Now, the Resident Evil Village, I felt like that gave me the best jump scares, in my opinion. Hell yeah. Uh, was it Resident Resident Evil 8? Now, that scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I played a little bit, and I have not played it since because I just got too scared, and I said, fuck this. Right. Um, I love a good scary game. Do I want to play it? Absolutely not. <laughs> Will I play it? Yes, if I have someone here with me because I am a chicken. Right. However, I will not play it alone, nor will I play it at night by myself. Right. Because I'm scared. But it was good. So, my opinion... So, I read up, and I'm familiar with Resident Evil 7. I feel as though with like relearning Resident Evil 7 and how it ties into Resident Evil 8, I feel like it gives a more cohesive line back to the original games cuz I think so I ended up watching like a YouTube video where they explained all of the re- the recent uh, mm-hmm. Resident Evil games in the past 
and how they sort of kind of veered off the rails a bit. But Resident Evil 7 ties it back into like, okay, we're, we're getting back to the original story. Yeah. So Resident Evil 8 picks up immediately after where Resident Evil 7 left off. So you have Ethan Winters, his wife Mia, and then their newborn daughter uh, Rose, mm-hmm. aka Rosemary Winters or Rose Winters. So once again, this episode is filled with spoilers. So in the Resident Evil Seven, um, you find out that Ethan is going to Louisiana to try and find out where his wife is because his wife was apparently doing something for work. She's tied to this organization that is trying to recreate or create these, like, super soldiers, obviously. But, actually, not super soldiers, but these uh, bio-weapons. These bio-terroristic elements. So, um, she ends up getting lost at sea. Then she randomly sends him a video message. He goes looking for her. It turns out that there's this mold that's turning these people crazy and turning them into monstrous yep. bio-weapons mm-hmm. and bio-creatures. And she's tied into it because she was infected or she had a connection with the little girl and then it ties into them trying to fight this little girl. Yada, yada, yada. Bioterrorism, Resident Evil's um, um, uh, bread and butter. Yeah. So then you fast forward. They have a daughter. They're living in this like um, European village, mm-hmm. and then somehow, someway, Chris Redfield, who is the like everybody knows who Chris Redfield is mm-hmm. in the Resident Evil games. I have a question, Chris. Why is his face always different in each game? I don't know. I'm just like, who is this man? And then it, it didn't dawn on me until he said, "Chris, is that you?" Like, what? Why did he look like this? Before, what I mean, what does he get in plastic surgery or something to no, alter I think, his face so people won't recognize him? I think it's because of the, the the way the video games have changed over the years. But but the thing about it is, which I understand that, which I understand that. But come on, make it a little. I mean, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Who are you? Either way, uh. So, Chris ends up shooting Mia right in front of his face, and they kidnap bros, and you immediately don't know what the hell's going on. Why did he just shoot Mia? Why are they taking their daughter? So, then, on their, like, convoy to get to this safe space or whatever, their convoy gets attacked, Rose gets kidnapped, and Ethan ends up in this village uh, somewhere in the mountains of the... Europe or something like that. Mm -hmm. Some small uh, European village. Yeah. So he ends up there, and he runs into this woman who is telling them stories. Who's telling him stories about Mother Miranda? We know about your daughter Rose and how she's kidnapped Rose and Mother Mother Miranda, Mother Miranda, Mother Miranda. So mm-hmm. in this village, you find out that Mother Miranda is actually this this woman who's been like kind of like a god or a goddess to yeah. them who protects them and has been brainwashing them. Exactly. Protecting this mm-hmm. village and like looking over it and, you know, basically watching over it. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden these creatures come out of nowhere and start attacking this village. It's like, it seems like it's the end of the world. There's barely any survivors in this village. Everyone's dead. So then you run into these four characters. You run into Lady Demescru. Or uh, Lady D. That's what we call her because I can't pronounce yeah. the name for the life of me. Lady so, D. Lady D, you run into Carl Heisenberg, you run into uh, Salvatore Moreau, and you uh, 
run into Donna B. Uh, Beneviento. Yeah. There you go. And it turns out all these characters are infected with this mold or this uh, megamycetes is what it's called, yep. which is the foundation of like these bioweapons. It's basically kind of like a fungus infecting all of these characters. Yep. And you have to fight them one by one. And you eventually fight Mother Miranda to get your daughter back. Mother Miranda, I actually did not play the game. I saw the gameplay of it. Mm-hmm. And I have never, I felt like that would have been a very hard game. I mean, a hard, uh, the boss game, the boss uh, fight. I felt like that would have been hard for me. Fighting Lady D, that would have been another hard fight. I felt the, the doll would have been easy. The doll was I, I will say this. The doll aspect of it was the one part of that whole game that freaked me the fuck out. Because when you see that fetus in the basement... My God, that is nightmare fuel. Cause that thing is wailing and crying and slithering and it's just nasty. It's just crawling with its legs. <laughs> oh my God! Oh God! It was that freaked me the fuck out. Cause dolls and mannequins is just it, it, oh God, it's yeah. creepy. So only that was a um that was that was a um what do you call it a ventriloquist because. When they killed the doll, it was a woman that was holding that doll. So she was... I was a little confused with that. Oh, so it's not a ventriloquist. So uh, Donna... The doll's name is Angie. Right. So Donna had a facial scar that left her so traumatized with talking to people. Because she felt so self-conscious. She would, like, lock herself away. Mm -hmm. And the only communication she had was with her parents. Mm -hmm. So, then her parents end up dying. So, then she becomes even more of a recluse. So, all she does is sit at her home estate um, and creates these dolls and talks through Angie. Mm -hmm. Because Angie is, like, kind of her, uh, what is that called it? Uh, Support system. system. Yeah. Yeah, or a support doll to in order for her to communicate with people. So, when... Mother Miranda infested her with the K-Do and made the scar even worse and mm-hmm. amplified it even worse. And then on top of that, you have plants that are growing on her property mm-hmm. that are causing hallucinations. Okay. So while Ethan is trying to fight Angie, he is actually hallucinating and fighting Donna at the, at the same time. Because when he stabs okay. the doll in the face and mm-hmm. he actually stabs her, you notice he breaks out of the hallucination and he actually stabbed Donna in the face, not the doll. Mm-hmm. So it's actually Donna doing all this. She's living through the doll and communicating through the doll. Okay. Okay. And controlling the doll. So that that's the whole thing. I, I like the game. I really enjoyed the game. My thing was, I wish we would have seen his face right so another thing in resident evil 7 and in resident evil 8 there are a lot of theories as to who ethan winters is but you never see his face throughout the whole game in the seventh game and in the eighth game you never see his face and you know what's funny was i didn't even know he was dead yeah because they threw that, so that's another spoiler for the thing. Uh, turns out Ethan died in the in the game in uh, the last game in, in seven. Right, he died in seven, but mm-hmm. he's been infected by the mold, 
Which has been keeping him alive all this time. Which is why he had his hand, he put his hand back together. Yeah, which was fucking ridiculous. I was like, I, I was, said, that must have been some powerful little, uh... Chemical he, fluid. Yeah. Because I'm like, you reattached your whole hand. And then attached the, the sleeve, too, because that was cut off, too. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Mickey make Oh, oh, that is my... That, that, that. And I, your dad. I really like the aspect they introduced of, um... So, Ethan dies, and then you just play as Chris halfway through the game, and then you mm-hmm. go back to playing Ethan, and then you see Evelyn, Evelyn, who was in Resident Evil 7, the yeah, girl yeah, yeah, that was yeah, controlling yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, you see her again, because he's dead, and she's explaining everything. And then I like how Mia, uh, Mia was like, oh, he's not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not normal. That That's not, yeah, he's not normal. Also, I like how Rose is just essentially... Evelyn 2.0. Yeah. I like that aspect because then you get the future game and then you see what she's going to do. So I'm excited to see where they go with Resident Evil 9. So we may not get that game for probably another, what, year, year and a half, maybe Mm -hmm. two years. So there's that. I'll give it two years. Yeah. I also liked with Lady D's character, the... The daughters. The daughters is what also made it more interesting. Because it's like, how do you kill these girls? And it was just like... Oh, they're not vampires. They're just carnivorous insects. Yes. Which you never... You didn't really... Like, I think a lot of people going in, when they were like introducing this game, you thought the main villain was just going to be Lady D. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, all the people on the internet going like absolutely batshit over her. But... It's like, no, there's three other characters to this story. There's, like, there's like four bosses, because you fight Lady D, then Donna, B- uh, I think, Beneviento, then Moreau, and then Heisenberg. And then you get Heisenberg Mother- didn't even like a Mother Miranda. Oh, hell no. He hated her. Like, he truly hated her. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about some resentment? He That's hated resentment. her. resentment. Yes. And then what was that little big fish thing? I forgot. What is that? Moreau. I that oh that was so disgusting. You didn't I couldn't it wait was to that. Gross. He was like a walking zit. He was just throwing up and just who love me, mother? Like Jesus Christ, go away. <laughs> She's like you. I'm like you. But yeah, that the whole game overall, I really enjoyed. It. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So. When I was watching the gameplay for it, I was originally watching Super Horror Bro on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then, like, I couldn't wait, so I ended up going online, and I found somebody who ended up playing the whole entire game, and just spoiled myself and just watched that. So it was, like, no commentary. The, the person was playing it for, like, I think eight hours, so you just... That is some dedication. Yeah! That is some dedication. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, split on. It wasn't split. It was just, like, a full playthrough of eight hours just playing the game. So, it was amazing. So, yeah. I really liked the lore behind every single character. And I really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. how Mother Miranda is the reason why there's an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the one that influenced Oswald Spencer to create this. And I'm like, you mean to tell me she's the one that caused all this? She's the one that influences man to try and do bio weapons and cause all this madness and craziness and decay. Like, yeah. oh yeah, she needs to die. <laughs> she needs to die. So I'm interested in seeing Rose and how she's gonna be 
involved in the series. I think she, because, like, they still have to deal with connections. That's the company that Mia was working for Mm -hmm. that wanted to create Evelyn. Uh, You got to see what's going on with the BCAA. Uh, you got to see what's going on with Blue Umbrella. Because yeah. there was that little thing of like, oh yeah, this is a bioweapon that's involved in helping these soldiers. Because mm-hmm. this isn't a regular soldier. So, you, you, there's a lot. I'm waiting. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm highly anticipating this game. Yeah. I know they're not going to disappoint, so no. I'll patiently wait. Yeah, and I like how they got back on track mm-hmm. with 7 and with 8. Uh, yeah, eight because I I remember people were talking about six and six was not good. Resident Evil Six was just not good at all to people. Well, no, I can't even make. I can't. I was trying to do like a little devil advocate and I couldn't. It wasn't all that. Mm. So, so um, yeah, I give it an eight plus. So yeah, one other thing before I let you go. Mm-hmm. You wanted to talk about Spiral. You know, the creators and the executive producers who did Spiral all did the Jinx Saw movie. And I love the Saw movies. I love them all. And there are times I will rewatch it. My thing is, the killing, the, the way they set the traps, the way you fall into the traps... The way you wake up and you're like, holy shit, what it, where am I at? Right. What the hell is going on? Right. I don't know if you've seen Saw. So, I'm going to just give this to you to rant because there's probably listeners who have seen the movie or are aware of the Saw movie. So, I'm going to just give this to you. No, I have not seen any of the Saw movies in its entirety. Okay. So, for me, I just felt like the whole Saw movies were... It was beautiful from beginning to end because it was always a twist. Plus, it's very original, too. It was. Because you don't really see that many, like, torture movies. Yeah. Especially in America cinema, but go on. Yeah. I felt like it was really thought out. With the Spiral movie, I felt like it was very generic. I felt like it was very... um, you can easily get out those traps or you can easily, you know, find a way to help them versus Jigsaw. Like, you really got to think about what you're going to do. And I felt like Chris Rock, that I don't know if that was his first role in being serious, a, a real serious role. I just did not like that. I didn't because it was a scene when he was walking when the captain almost, when the captain did die. It was like zoomed into his face and he made a face and it almost looked like he was about to laugh. (laughs) Like I was just like, is he about to laugh or what's going on here? And then, however, Samuel Jackson, whom I love, you know, he it was a twist because you did kind of think that his father was behind all of it. But in actuality, his father was not behind any of the killings. Mm-hmm. And the way they did set up his father, I will say that was a good one. However, I felt like the whole setting them up and everything, I just didn't like it. I would give that movie a C-. minus. Okay. I did not like it. Yeah. 
Because I, I, I will say this, being someone who has recently, I've been saying this for like almost a year and a half now, but it, for those of you who don't know, I spent like a good 10 years avoiding horror movies. And it wasn't until, like, I got a little bit... I, I will explain it to you when we do the horror movies and thrillers and supernatural thrillers. But okay. let's just say this. The Scream movie scared the shit out of me so bad when I was younger. Because, mind you, this is, like, what? I'm, like, 11, 12, 13 probably watching these movies, and I have no idea what's going on. All I see is, like, a masked figure carrying a knife and stabbing people. I'm a little different. I, I was a bit of a psychopath, so I thought the shit was funny. I was terrified. I was just like, oh, I was terrified. Did you get stabbed in the neck? So it's like, I thought it was funny. And I just thought like, it's very creative in how you think about different ways in killing people. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the art of it, in my opinion, when I saw the Saw movies. That's right. My... No, I will give credit. There's not a lot of movies out there that are willing to do the whole torture scenario yeah. and the moral compass. That I felt like was a much needed added thing that mm-hmm. needed to be for the horror movie aspect before, uh, what was it, found footage ended up having a resurgence mm-hmm. in it. But I will say I do respect it for that. Now, with that being said, I will say this when it comes to like horror movies in general. Mm-hmm. I... Well, actually, let me go back because I'm not going to lie. I lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. One of the recent, not recent, but one of the horror movies that came out where I wasn't into horror movies, but I liked the marketing for one was the Omen movie when it came out, when mm-hmm. they were going to do that. Remember how Which they one? The one where they were marketing it for June 6, 2006. 666. Yeah. I really thought... Because I, I know of what 666, like Number of the Beast, all mm-hmm. that. I really thought that was genius. Mm-hmm. That was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing where you knew you had to deliver this movie It was if you were going to use this date. Mm-hmm. How many people you know are smart enough in the horror movie genre to be like, we're going to release a movie June 6, 2006? 666. Mm-hmm. That was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I thought the marketing for that movie was amazing. So much so, I eventually have to watch that movie. Yeah, you do. What are you waiting on? Nothing. It have, just totally dawned on me. Have you seen Conjuring? Any of the Conjuring? I've seen the first Conjuring and I've seen the first Insidious. Okay. I have to finish watching it. And I also want to... So one of my friends on Facebook ended up showing the chronological timeline of all the Conjuring Universe movies. Right. From... The Nun all the way to The Devil Made Me Do It from, like, the years. So, The Nun took place in 1952 all the way to when when The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It took place. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, uh, not 2000, but 19 in the 1980s. So, Mm -hmm. I want to watch all those movies based on the year they're set in. From, like, the 50s to the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Okay. So, I want to watch it in that order, but I do want to watch it in the order of the movies. But... I'm eventually going to watch it because I do need to finish it. Because I feel like when I saw The Conjuring, it was good. But Insidious took it to a whole nother level. What do you mean? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good. Okay. Good. I thought Insidious was better than The Conjuring. Really? Yes. But I will really? rewatch it. I will rewatch it because I really do want to rewatch it. What, what made you think that it was better than Conjuring? I think the writing. Not the writing so much because I know it's probably the same writer but i feel like the story element 
caught me off guard. Plus, there's that little, like, cliffhanger at the end of the first one where it's like, I think one of the parents goes missing or something happens at the end. Um, and it leads right yeah, into the part The medium two. ends up finding out who, what demon is actually captured. Mm-hmm. What, what's possessing the body, I should say. Yeah, so that little aspect of Insidious 2, I really enjoyed the cliffhanger on that, which makes you want to watch the second one. Because not a lot of movies that I've seen will capitalize off like, oh yeah, this everything's great. There's a happy... No, we got you. We got you. There's an aspect of this movie. We got you. No, not everything is as it seems. I mean, Conjuring focused... I feel like Conjuring was pretty good. I mean, they focused on that individual family. Right. So I feel like at the end, it is either you're going to just let this demon take over or get rid of this demon right now insidious you have a whole spirit realm who is trying to take over and take hold of this body mm-hmm. and who is trying to fight not not necessarily fight but trying to rush to for this actually empty vessel mm-hmm. that's what that is and then you got like the the, the demon itself through the red door who was actually take hold of that body right that's my thing i liked it i did too so i'm definitely gonna watch that actually today yeah i i feel (laughs) i was gonna like read comics and listen to music but some i got the whole weekend i'll I'll probably watch both of those movies again and then try and like catch Mm -hmm. up on it and be refreshed so eventually down the line we can talk about this Mm -hmm. because you and i have a lot of podcast episodes we're going to be doing. Yeah. Because I feel as though, like you said, since we have a similar mindset, but mm-hmm. we also do have those differences, it makes for good quality content. Yes. And good conversation. Yes. So, that's a plus. Yes. So, with that being said, uh, thank you for once again coming on my You're podcast. Welcome. So, uh, that is it, everyone. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RollMarterX. You can find me on Instagram at RollMarterX. You can find me on Tumblr at RollMarterX. Please do leave a voice message. I would love to hear all of your voice messages. Tell me about some ideas you would like me to do on another episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, please rate and review where it's available on my podcast. And I will catch all of you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I forgot to do the sign-off. My name is Brittany, and this is the Status Alternative Podcast. Bye-bye.